Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Okay, it's a tough issue, abortion. Uh, It's very controversial, it can get emotional when people talk about it, it's divisive. Some say it's very complicated. Now right now, the Supreme Court today, they heard arguments about a uh, new law in Mississippi that would ban abortions after 15 weeks. That's almost four months. This for me is not very complicated actually, because this is a fetus at 15 weeks. And this is life. In my book, I know people do disagree with me, but at 15 weeks, this baby has a heartbeat. This baby can open and close its hands. This baby has developing lungs, and this baby can feel pain. Um, That's where I am on the issue. Of course, uh, this is a big country, and there are a lot of voices It's clear cut for me, but not for everybody on the Supreme Court. This was Justice Sonia Sotomayor today. Virtually every state defines a brain death as death. Yet the literature is filled with episodes of people who are completely and utterly brain dead responding to stimuli. Um, There's about 40% of dead people who if you touch their feet, the foot will recoil. There are spontaneous acts by dead brain people. So I don't think that a response to, uh, by a fetus necessarily proves that there's a sensation of pain or that there's consciousness. So I go back to my question of What has changed in science to show that the viability line is not a real line? How is your interest anything but a religious view? Um, The issue of when life begins has been hotly debated by philosophers since the beginning of time. It's still debated in religions. So when you say this is the only right that takes away from the state the ability to protect the life, that's a religious view, isn't it? Because it assumes that a fetus is life at when? You're not drawing your, when do you suggest we begin that life? All right. She says um, it's been hotly debated and there's a chance that it's not alive or it can feel pain or maybe not feel pain. If there's a chance, if there's even a 1% chance, I wouldn't take it, would you? Would she really, has she really thought about this in those terms? She used the word fetus a couple of times, interesting. Fetus actually uh, comes from Latin, 
and it means offspring, bringing forth, hatching of young. Uh, interesting. The very word connotes life. I find that interesting. Now, listen, I listened to some of the arguments today. They get very complicated very, very quickly. Uh, Justice Kavanaugh, the way he was speaking, it seemed to a lot of folks that he was prepared to throw out Roe v. Wade. And that would excite a lot of people. And of course, it generated a, a great deal of controversy on the left. No decision today. We won't have that decision for a long time, but uh, some of the reactions so far. I think the consequences of this, when you think about a state-by-state -state decision on whether or not a state can control essentially family planning in a woman's womb, I mean, that uh, is sort of the slippery slope that you enter. Nobody should look at this as anything other than a very, very strategic legal strategy and political strategy that has been in the works for decades. This is the long game uh, exemplified because conservatives have been pushing, pushing, pushing to pack the courts on the lower levels and, of course, ultimately the Supreme Court. This court has never taken rights away from people, fundamental rights, unless there's a glaring reason to do so. And that's what the court is on the verge of doing here. That risk calculation is going to fundamentally be denied women of color and low-income women of all races. And women with resources will find a way will get on a plane, will go wherever they need to go. And that is another level of simply violating fundamental rights, in particular of women of color. Of course, the race card. Of course, we'll throw in the race card to even further complicate this issue, which, as I said, for me, is not so complicated. All right. And at times like this, times like this, maybe, maybe some presidential leadership. Fat chance. I support Roe v. Wade. I think it's a rational position to take, and, uh, and I continue to support it. That's it. That's it. For these kinds of issues, Roe v. Wade, I support women's right to choose, and then he moves on. And then he starts talking about how well he knows the Pope. Hey, remember when he embarrassed himself uh, and everybody over here, really, uh, when he talked so much about baseball and himself, when he met with the Pope? He hasn't learned anything about these matters from the Pope or anyone else. He just goes around bragging about who he knows. He could be helping people right now if he believed, but I don't think he does. He said, you know, uh, Holy Father. And the Pope reached out like this and he grabbed my hand. He said, I know, Mr. Vice President, you're always welcome here. That is the message he's sent into the world. Turn to introduce me to the Holy Father. And before he could, the Holy Father put out his hand and said, Mr. Vice President, you are always welcome here. You are always welcome here. Think about him. Pope Francis has become a uh, I don't want to exaggerate it. He's become a, uh, someone who's provided great solace for my family when my son died. When I won, he called me to tell me how much he uh, um, appreciated the fact that I would focus on the poor and focus on the needs of people who are in trouble. Okay, a couple of things here. Mr. Vice President, you are welcome at any time. Mr. Vice President, 
You see how it was just about the prestige, the status. I know the Pope. I can stay at his house anytime. And he goes around repeating that. Let's see. He got a call the night he won. Hmm. And uh, he said, oh, I support you because of all your work you do for the poor and the needy. Is that Joe's brand? No, it's not Joe's brand. It's not what he does. We found a little clip back when Joe was a senator hanging out with his son, Hunter, his wingman. Yeah, maybe you can work something out, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what we'll do. Well, Hunter was just telling about his firm in Washington. Yeah, law firm. Yeah. Do you have a card or anything? I do. I, I don't, but I'll give you my. Uh, well, let me give you my. Yeah, call. and then I'll, I'll give. I, I gave him yeah. all away. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a wonderful speech. Thank you. That was Paul who wrote that. Are you? You're the core of what I wrote there. Is the, and your dad. You see how that worked? You see how that worked? Hunter goes with the other guy and they talk business. Huh. Well, Joe continues to glad hand. That encapsulates, captures so much, and so does this book by Miranda Devine that I think we all have a duty to read. It is called Laptop from Hell, Hunter Biden, Big Tech, and the Dirty Secrets the President Tried to Hide. Now, we have a duty to read this book. Why? Because Big Tech censored this story back during the campaign, and the Bidens, they certainly don't want us reading about this stuff now. Um, some of it is very sad, some of it's juicy. Uh, they don't want us being reminded about this. Hunter Biden has a child, uh, well, had a child out of wedlock. DNA test shows Hunter Biden fathered child with Arkansas woman. Inside the book, it goes like this. Uh, the woman's name, Alexis, London Alexis Roberts, 28, launched a paternity case the following year. After a DNA sample proved he was the father of the girl known to the court as NJR, Hunter was ordered to pay child support. It goes on, but he never acknowledged his child. Hunter Biden is the father of three daughters and a son. He will write on the jacket flap of his 2021 memoir, erasing the fourth of his five children. He claimed of Roberts, I had no recollection of the encounter. Well, that's not true. According to the laptop, he was texting with the girl for months and they were seeing each other rather consistently. So uh, he has a child out of wedlock uh, that he does not acknowledge. And that means Joe Biden has a grand daughter that he doesn't acknowledge. He has seven grandkids. He only says six. How many of you have been unable to hug your grandkids in the last seven months? I got six of them. Two of them, my deceased son's boys, they live not, children, boy and a girl, live not far from me. They can walk through the woods. The only way I can see them, I stand on the back porch and they stand down and we, and I, I bribe them with Haagen-Dazs bars, but they, I, every single day I contact them, but I can't hug them. I can't embrace them. Well, there's some granddaughter of his in Arkansas who would like a Haagen-Dazs bar as well. All right. You know, it's so weird that they say that the Biden family, they're all about empathy and the Trump family, they're the worst people in the world. I actually know a number of the Trumps and I think it's the opposite. I think they're fantastic. I think they're good people. Yet the mainstream media, they always tell us that, no, they're the bad people and the Bidens. These are the people who have, will restore honor and decency. Forgive me, but there's so much corruption, addiction, borderline incestuous sex inside that family. There is. 
Um, Joe Biden made an interesting point during the debate. At first, I thought, oh, he's lying. But actually, in a weird way, he might be telling the truth. You know who I am. You know who he is. You know his character. You know my character. You know our reputations for honor and telling the truth. I am anxious to have this race. I am anxious to see this take place. I am the character of the country is on the ballot. Our character is on the ballot. Look at us closely. So we've taken a good, hard look at both of these guys, especially you, Joe Biden, lately. And uh, we're not impressed. I think there are we all should. Any reasonable person should have grave concerns about your character. Now, listen, I am no saint. I am no angel and I am not a Bible thumper. But I do remember something from the Bible where suddenly good is bad and bad is evil. They warn about this in Isaiah. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who turn darkness to light and light to darkness, who replace bitter with sweet and sweet with bitter. Sounds a lot like the mainstream media, quite frankly, and uh, a good chunk of Democrats. But who knows? We'll be right back. Have you checked out the Newsmax Daily Podcast with me, Rob Carson? You get daily news, insightful commentary, and believe it or not, comedy. Check it out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or at NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. All I can say is, is that, that the, the fake, fake news just doesn't get it, do they? <laughs> they dismissed probably the most important story the last, what, 50 years, 100 years, one of them, Hunter Biden's laptop. In the last two weeks of the election, they blew it off. Well, again, this book is important. Um, the Laptop from Hell by Miranda Devine. Now, one of the reasons they used to not investigate the, uh, the material on the laptop, uh, nothing is illegal on the laptop, all right? No, 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 no. It's just Hunter's shenanigans. Well, it's far more complicated than that, actually, and a lot of it arguably is illegal. Uh, but anyway, that was one of their excuses. The reality is what Hunter Biden has done is not illegal. It is not corrupt. Let's be clear. Hunter Biden didn't do anything illegal. And his father, the vice president, didn't do anything illegal or unethical. There was no uh, bad. You know, there's nothing illegal about this. All right. Again, there is a great big question mark about the legality of some of this stuff. But actually, it doesn't matter. Uh, the legality is not a question really for reporters to be overly concerned about when it comes to political news. Who remembers Gary Hart when he ran for president, huh? Uh, he was a shoo-in back in 1988. But then the monkey business business, he was hanging around with Donna Rice and uh, they went for a little uh, yacht ride or whatever and uh, turned out that they were pretty cozy. Nobody alleged that that was illegal. I mean, you can do things like this. It did drive him out of the race. The legality part, they hid behind that. And again, a big question mark about the legality. So the Hunter Biden material is, uh, it was newsworthy. It is newsworthy. But sadly, tragically, it was chased off of social media. Now from the book, uh, let's see here. Facebook pulled the plug. The communications director of Facebook was a former Democratic operative named Andy Stone. And he issued a statement that they will intentionally not link the New York Post story about the laptop. Uh, to be clear, this story is eligible to be fact-checked by Facebook's third-party fact-checking partners. In the meantime, we are reducing its distribution 
on our platform. And the fact checkers never actually did their thing. Twitter did the same thing. Uh, so one of the most important stories was essentially chased off the Internet two weeks part of the election. A lot of voters didn't know about it. Some might say that is election interference. Also, those intelligence operatives got involved. You know those guys. We've been talking about them all week. The former CIA directors, national director of intelligence, they put out that silly letter saying this has all the earmarks of Russian misinformation. They were lying. They were lying. They were deceiving everybody. Now it's been proven. And let's talk about these guys individually because each of them needs to be called out. You, James Clapper, for giving Joe Biden cover in his corruption. Also, you, CIA Director Hayden, former, giving Hunter and Joe cover for their corruption. Leon Panetta, you, former Secretary of Defense, CIA Director, for giving Hunter and Joe cover for their corruption. And of course, John Brennan, possibly the worst of all. Who knows what he's guilty of? And by the way, that picture is a little bit too uh, nice. This this is the John Brennan I know. All of those guys and the others who signed that letter saying this was Russian disinformation, they're never to be trusted. So much of the intelligence community is never to be trusted. Look at what they brought us. They failed to stop September 11, 2001. This is the same intel community that told us there were weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, and there were none. Also, ISIS. They allowed ISIS to flourish. And now elements of uh, the swamp, the government community, have been wrong time and time again on COVID. And that same swamp now telling us and the media, too, nothing to worry about when it comes to the 2020 election. See what's happening here? It's all part of the same disgusting stew. And when an audio tape emerges like this of the president's son saying some pretty wild stuff, it is inherently newsworthy. You can't rationalize it. You, can, you, can, you should only put it on the front page of the newspaper. He actually said this stuff. Hunter Biden. I have another New York Times reporter calling about my representation of the, literally, Dr. Patrick Coe, the spy chief of China who started the company that my partner, who was worth $323 billion, founded. It is now missing. The richest man in the world is missing, who was my partner. He was missing since I last saw him in his $58 million apartment and signed a $4 billion deal to build the largest LNG port in the world. What is Hunter Biden a crack addict, by the way, doing with the richest man in China and all these important people from China. He has no skill. He brings nothing to the table except that he's the son of Joe Biden. That's it. That's what they're paying for. And don't believe the fake news. And, oh, everybody said that the uh, prosecutor in Ukraine was corrupt. That actually is not true. It's actually not true. And to the extent that the interagency was saying that the prosecutor was corrupt in Ukraine, who was in a perfect position to make the interagency say that? Joe Biden. Here's another earth-shattering phone call that received scant attention. They tried to debunk it, but it hasn't been debunked. 
This is Joe Biden pressuring the president of Ukraine to fire a prosecutor looking into Burisma. Yesterday, I met me with the general prosecutor Shokin. Yes. And despite of the fact that we didn't have any corruption charges, we don't have any information about the, he doing something wrong, I especially asked him, no, it was the day before yesterday, I especially asked him to resign. Great. And this is my second step for keeping my promises. I agree. I'd like to ask Joe Biden, how many prosecutors in the world did he demand their termination? Hmm? Has, did that ever happen or just in this one case? I have a feeling it might be just in this one case. Um, Joe Biden bragged about what happened, although he told a different, you know, I'm a tough guy version of the story. I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had, they were walking out to the press conference, and I said, no, I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority, you're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. So that right there might just be impeachable conduct. And when President Trump saw this, it seemed very strange. And he very legitimately and appropriately said, I think we should check this out. Let's check this out. Anyway, what, what's right is wrong. What's wrong is right. You know how it goes. Crazy. But we don't have to settle for it. I'll be right back. Information. Truth. Is freedom. Is Newsmax. It's real news for real people. One of my favorites in Congress is uh, Lauren Boebert, Republican from Colorado. Now, the left hates her. When that happens, I actually like her even a bit more. Now, they're lying about her like crazy. Uh, the latest into the uh, act is a group called Act Blue. It's a uh, leftist organization. They raise a lot of money. And they put this video out, which is getting a lot of attention. But it's full of lies, exaggerations, distortions, and uh, nonsense. But a couple of points to make. Take a look. Newly elected Congresswoman Lauren Boebert is uniquely responsible for riling up the violent mob that stormed the Capitol and nearly succeeded in killing her fellow members of Congress. The morning of the deadly terrorist attack that killed five people, Boebert tweeted, Today is 1776. The Trump supporters banging on lawmakers' doors that afternoon said the exact same thing. 1776! Oh, 1776. 1776. That is a patriotic rallying cry that's been around for 200 and almost 50 years. It's, it's okay to say 1776. In fact, 
It used to be on the side of the old Air Force One back when it was a 707. You see it on the front there, the Spirit of 76. Lots of people do it. Show me something else. Uh, uh, David McCullough's uh, book, 1776. That was a beautiful year. Let's keep going. Uh, oh, the Sixers in Philadelphia. You know what the six is? Well, it's 7-6. Yes, the Philadelphia 76ers. All right. So see how they're trying to demonize things like 1776 and even the word fight, things like that? They're trying to make this language off limits? No, it's not going to work. What else do they do here? In the days before the riot, Boebert herself led a group of Trump supporters on a tour of the U.S. Capitol, according to Congressman Steve Cohen. We saw Congressman Boebert taking a group of people for a tour sometime after the 3rd and before the 6th. But the Capitol has been closed for tours due to COVID. Boebert wasn't leading a tour, but a reconnaissance mission, so rioters knew exactly where to go when they attacked the Capitol. Oh my goodness, wow, oh boy. Well, that's a lie. She was giving a tour to her family and a select number of friends. They were there to get her, see her sworn in. Hard to believe, but she's a brand new member of Congress. She was sworn in on January 3rd. Anyway, that video goes on. It tells more distortions. And, uh, but these things uh, get a lot of likes, get a lot of views. But we know the truth. We know the truth. All right, now this. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Telling lies is uh, part of his muscle memory. It's just like he breathes, he lies. He does it all the time. Joe Biden once, once as a senator, got a ride in a tractor trailer. And ever since, he's going around telling everybody, I used to be a, <laughs> a tractor trailer driver. Now, there's a difference from getting a tour one day and saying that you're a tractor trailer driver. Joe just... He goes all in. He does it on these things all the time. Anyway, and if we I don't do, drive an 18-wheeler, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wish oh, I yeah. could. <laughs> That's I awesome. got to. I remember spending time at the, you know, uh, go, going to uh, the, uh, you know, the Tree of Life synagogue, speaking with them. It just, it just is amazing these things are happening. I've been with some of you when we've been shot at. I've been with some of you when we've been in places that you would not have any idea you'd want to be when you were going to school foreign policy. 1.3 or 1.7 million miles, a million 400,000 miles, 1 million, I think, don't hold me exactly, exact numbers, 350,000 miles, a million 200,000 miles, 1 million 300,000 miles on Air Force One. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. He said, I'll be waiting for you. He was waiting for three guys in straight razors. Not a joke. And he cut off a six-foot length of chain. He folded up. He said, you walk out with that chain. And you walk to the car and say, you may cut me, man, but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. <laughs> but the corn pop thing might be true. Corn pop may have been a bad dude. I have a feeling he was a good dude, but... Anyway, um, when you lie about the little things, you'll lie about the big things, of course. And we first got to know Joe back in the 80s as a liar. He had a drop out of his first presidential campaign. I pointed out that he lied about his college resume and his uh, achievements. No, it really was um, plagiarizing speeches that got him into hot water.
And I started thinking as I was coming over here, why is it that Joe Biden is the first in his family ever to go to a university? Why am I the first Kinnick in a thousand generations to be able to get the university? Why is it that my wife who's sitting out there in the audience is the first in her family to ever go to college? Why is Glennis the first woman in her family in a thousand generations to be able to get the university? He had to drop out of the race uh, shortly after that. And back to the book that I'm kind of obsessed with. It's a very, very good uh, laptop from hell. Um, they talk about his lies. Uh, she writes, each lie served to boost his ego to place him as the shining superhero of every grandiose story, smarter, tougher, more honorable than anyone else, with the best marriage, the best children, the best house. Even when he got caught, he repeated the false tales. He seemed to have no shame, as if he had come to believe his own fantasies. It's pretty wild. And back in the 80s, when he was caught, and he was caught, and he had to drop out of the race and everything like that, his manner was, was so strange. He tried to laugh it off. I think that's why he gets angry now, uh, because the laughing it off didn't work. Here's a press conference where he was still trying to stay in the race when it became known he was a habitual liar. Do you feel you're able to control, to put in the vernacular of your mouth, that you can think before you talk? Well, I've been in this business for 15 years. Um, and uh, I, uh, um, I let my record of 15 years versus the transgression that you're referring to uh, stand. And you, can make, you all can make that judgment. I feel very capable of uh, using my mouth in sync with my mind. Oh, boy. I don't know about that mind. I really don't. All right. Hey, stay with us. Uh, there would be no Laptop from Hell book if it wasn't for Rudy Giuliani. He was, uh, he was a key source in all this. That laptop was ultimately presented to him before the world found out about it. Also, Dr. Oz, new Republican candidate for the United States Senate from Pennsylvania. Number one book on Amazon right now, bestseller, Laptop from Hell. Hunter Biden, Big Tech, and the dirty secrets the president tried to hide. We probably would not know about this laptop had it not been sent to uh, Rudy Giuliani's lawyer, who promptly presented it to Rudy Giuliani. And this is 1,000% authenticated. Nobody can deny it anymore. And the book is out there in large part thanks to you, Mr. Mayor. Do you feel in any way vindicated or perhaps you didn't need vindication, but a lot of people were trying to cancel this story back when it was important. How you doing? Sure, sure. Uh, I, I feel vindicated, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, a lot of people over the last year have seen how valid it is. But this really uh, leaves those who are denying it sounding really uh, foolish. Miranda did a, a marvelous job, not only of of taking what's on the laptop and making it alive, but of corroborating it with additional witnesses, facts, documents, videos. So um, you're, at a, you're at a point where 
if you take the laptop and you take uh, Miranda's book and you take the documents that I gave them two two years ago, and other others have, there are um, there are cases in the hands of the Justice Department that would probably be more significant than any ever brought uh, against high-level government officials. So this was this was at least the, the biggest known sellout of the United States government. Uh, that I that I can think of in history, and it went on. Well, the high-level sellout went on for about ten years. The minor sellout for thirty, and it's described in his own words by Hunter Biden when he explains that for thirty years he's basically in, been collecting influence money for his father, paying all the expenses of the family, and yeah. then kicking back fifty percent to Joe, Mr. Mayor. So if you Mr. Mayor, millions here, I got to jump got in. I got to jump in. I want to show you something. It's a clip back when Joe sure. was a senator. Hunter's hanging out with him. They're meeting muckety mucks, important people. Watch what happens. I think this is a, a blueprint for how it all went down over the years. Yeah, maybe you can work something out, man. Yeah, yeah. 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 that's what we'll do. Well, Hunter was just telling about his firm in Washington. Yeah, law firm. Yeah. Do you have a card or anything? I do. I, I don't, but I'll give you my. Uh, well, let me give you my. Yeah, call. and then I'll, I'll give. I, I gave him yeah. all away. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was a wonderful speech. Thank you. That was Paul who wrote that. Are you? You're there. The core of what I wrote there is the. And your dad. Wow. Uh, I want to work something out. Uh, Hunter, do wow. you have a card? And then they walk off and do business? I mean, it, it's all right there. I think that was, what do you think of that? Yeah, I think that's what I have seen a thousand times in sleazy uh, bribe deals. Uh, Hunter's a bag man. Uh, there's a bit of plausible deniability, not much in that one, actually, because they got caught on tape. And, uh, and then if you happen to know that Hunter kicks back 50% to the big guy, uh, because Hunter tells you that. And a lot of records uh, Miranda now has show money going to Joe. Uh, I mean, this guy is a totally sold-out politician for 30 years. The, the simple fact that America is going to have to have a hard time swallowing is that our president is a major crook. The one thing, though, I mean, let's face it. These guys are clever. They've been doing it for a long time. Maybe not clever, actually. They're kind of crude about it. They're heavy-handed. Um, <laughs> but... Getting tracing the money actually to Joe Biden, I mean, actually to its fruition. Has that happened yet? I have not seen it. I'm sure it oh, has. Yeah, I mean, you, uh, I, I've got a, I've got a document that they've had for two and a half years that goes from the um, from the government of Latvia to the government of Ukraine to the uh, government of um, I think it's Bermuda, I'm not sure, and then right into 800 grand to Joe yeah. for lobbying him. Uh, there's the uh, there's the, there's the 10% for the for the, the big, big guy, guy, the big guy, but actual witnesses saying that about 6 million got distributed of that of that of that money. Hey, Mr. Sure, Mayor, there's plenty of evidence going directly to the crooked senator, the crooked vice president. You know, by the way, I want to show you something. This is the mainstream media. No Back when, back when they were chasing this story off the internet, this is how they justified it. Go ahead uh, with the B block clip. The reality is, what Hunter Biden has done is not illegal. It is not corrupt. Let's be clear: Hunter Biden didn't do anything illegal, and his father, the vice president, didn't do anything illegal or unethical. There was no uh, bad. You know, there's nothing illegal about this. 
So <laughs> the thing is, political reporters don't just write stories about, you know, a crime has been committed, a crime hasn't been committed. <coughs> Remember Gary Hart when he was fooling around with Donna Rice? That wasn't against the law, but everybody did that story because it was interesting. And the stuff in this laptop I'm not the lawyer, you are, but I just read it, it creeped me out, it freaked me out, and it's worthy of coverage, and they didn't. But there's plenty of things in there that are flat out, 100%, easily provable, illegal. False statements on uh, getting a gun, uh, income tax evasion, two major, two major money laundering transactions, yeah. one of which Joe Biden directly participated in, which he can prove on paper. His admission that he gave 50% to his father. Mr. Mayor? His admission that he was a danger to the children yeah. uh, involving, involving a child pornography. Mr. I mean, Mayor, over Mr. And over Mayor. Again, there are crimes that are crying out for yeah. justice, and the Justice Department has covered it up for two and a half years. And if we don't straighten it out, we can't straighten out this country. We got to buy this book. And we thank you, by the way, oh, seriously, for your role in this. So much courage. The woman has so much courage. It's unbelievable. Thank you, sir. And thank you to Miranda Devine. We'll be right back. Yeah. Our system is broken. We lost too many lives, too many jobs, and too many opportunities because Washington got it wrong. They took away our freedom without making us safer and tried to kill our spirit and our dignity. As a heart surgeon, I know how precious life is. Pennsylvania needs a conservative who will put America first, one who can reignite our divine spark, bravely fight for freedom, and tell it like it is. That's why I'm running for Senate. I'm Dr. Oz, and I approve this message. Hey, I love it. I love Dr. Oz. I've actually known him for a long time. Um, I think he'd make a great U.S. senator. I'm not endorsing anybody. I can't do that, but... Dr. Oz joins us right now, Republican candidate for the United States Senate in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz, welcome to Newsmax. How are you? I'm very well, Greg. Thanks for having me on. If I can just say something, because I think this would resonate with you, that last line about telling it like it is, which you try to do, that's actually one of the big problems we're having in America. People with good ideas get shamed, they get silenced, they get bullied, they get canceled. And in medicine, if you don't say what you see, people die. I never understood how we messed this up so badly, but at least that basic assumption that you can say what you believe is happening and be respected for it, which doesn't happen to a lot of conservative people, that's a big part of my platform. Very good, I love it, I love it. Look, though, you've got a great life. <laughs> you, you, you're a doctor, you're very good at that, you're a talk show host, money, fame, you, great family. Politics, as we all know, is, uh, is really nasty and dirty and broken, as you mentioned. Why do this now? I think uh, if I look back in my life, the realization that my parents as immigrants were welcomed by this country, which afforded opportunities unimaginable to other places, and which of course led to my success directly, is something that generated a debt. I want to repay my debt. Yes, all those things you said are true, and I've had a blessed life, but it's because I am an American living in America, and I want to repay that debt by running for public office. It, no matter what happens, it's worth it because I owe the country that. And I'm going to be a public servant. You know, I. I, I do believe choices should be ours. I've taken on big pharma, I've taken on big tech, I've taken on big agrochem, and I've got scars to prove it. You've witnessed me go through some of these, these trials and tribulations, but I cannot be bought. 
I'm passionate about this because I know that if I serve the people of Pennsylvania and this country wisely, I can make a difference in addressing some of the crises that we're all witnessing, you know, the erosion of American values that viewers probably are nodding their head yes because we all see it right in front of us, but we're unable to empower each other to react. My candidacy is about that very reality. You did an interview with Trump during the 2016 campaign. Uh, it was a very good interview. Uh, you were better than anybody in the fake news, quite frankly. You're not fake news. It was just like two people, two peers. What, are, what is your view on Trump? Uh, talk about him. Um, uh, do you want his endorsement? You know, I'm, I'm my own person. I don't want to be put in the box. I'm very proud of who I am. Uh, but I do respect what the Trump voter is feeling which is they recognize that someone stood up for them, someone took hits on them, someone fought for them, and they want their turn. You know, they're waiting at the well for their chance, and everyone keeps getting put in front of them because the federal government's taking actions that they don't think they should be able to be pushed to the side for. And uh, President Trump addressed those issues. And he also did things that I think he didn't get credit for. I mean, no matter who you are in this you know, political spectrum, the Operation Warp Speed success, the gift to the world of the mRNA vaccines, I'm not for the mandates, but we, I do think that believe the vaccine was a plus. This is something we should be celebrating. Instead, it was the opposite. People are literally rooting against what President Trump was trying to do in COVID. And at the time, we were sitting there thinking, well, how's this even possible? And as a doctor, I'll tell you, when you mix politics and medicine, you get politics. <laughs> And it was infuriating because we ought to be rooting for the best solutions. Just yesterday, Greg, just yesterday, here we are almost two years in, the FDA finally, the panel said, we got a pill that works. Until yesterday, and it's not even formally approved yet, if a patient came to you with COVID, you gave them a piece of paper with a diagnosis and they went on their way. And I would tell them, if you turn blue, call me, because it means you're sick. Uh, how's that possible? Normally, a doctor gives a patient a treatment. We were rooting against treatments during much of COVID for reasons that, again, were frustrating to me. Dr. Fauci, your take on him. Well, Dr. Fauci said something very unfortunate last weekend. He said that he was science and people who didn't like him don't like science, don't respect science. I think this whole concept of believing in science is foreign to me. I believe in God. Science is something that you trust, you work on, you improve. There's no finality to it. Uh, you, you, and you know, you know, we have an, a J. Edgar Hoover of public health right now, and that's not what we want. We just want to have people coaching us, giving us advice if they're scientists, and let the people who are decision makers who have been elected by the people of this country to make decisions accordingly. And that process has been thwarted a little bit. It's been off kilter, not balanced. I would never ask you about money, uh, but now that you're a candidate, I got to ask you about money. I mean, any chance that you can self-fund this thing? I just looked at the website. There's a donate tab, but, um, you know, I mean, are you putting your own cash into this thing? Well, we do have a website. It's DrOz.com. It has lots of information on it besides a donation tab. Uh, I'm putting up a lot of money, Greg. Uh, some of it's been in the papers. Uh, it's millions and millions of dollars, and I will put in as much as I need to put in to, uh, to win this primary and the general election. That stated... If we don't have a groundswell of support, if people sitting at home right now don't say, I'm going to give the guy 10 bucks because I believe what he's saying, it means that I'm on my own. I don't want people on the sidelines watching. We're all in this together, and together we will persevere. So the nice thing about donating money is not that I have to have your money. It's that it means something to me that you're all involved. And if you give money, again, 10 bucks, it means you're going to tell your friends that you did it because you actually are starting to believe in the bigger message. Dr. Mehmet Oz, Republican candidate for the U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania. I look forward to having you back, sir. Um, good luck. Keep in touch. Politics. I can see. I can see you going all the way, but we'll see. Thank you, sir. <laughs> You're welcome. Take care, Greg. All right. We'll be right back.
a liberty-loving American takes on Washington, Hollywood, and the whole media establishment. He's Chris Salcedo. Join his fight. Tune in to The Chris Salcedo Show every weekday afternoon on Newsmax. Um, thank you so much for watching, really. Appreciate you. Hey, by the way, there are about 50 people upstairs who press the buttons and make things happen, and they're very, very good, and I am very appreciative of all of them. So, uh, to be continued tomorrow night, stand by for Cinchfield.